0: Time to take our weekly look at the economy as we check in with economist David Fiorenza. We will talk jobless claims, housing, and much, much more. Let's start with jobless claims. The initial claims for last week uh, fell to 166,000. So we are not just under 200,000. We are way under 200,000. And we're talking lowest claim numbers. We're going even further back, uh, November 1968. This is really something.
1: It is, Matt, and the Labor Department put these statistics out, and I was happy to see that, and we've actually surpassed 1969, and like you said, and going back to 1968, so last week was even revised downward uh, by about 8,000, so we've got good numbers the past few weeks as well as the four-week moving average.
0: And I mentioned last week, or last time we talked about the 1969 level, that it was Richard Nixon's. Uh, term. Last time numbers were at this level was when Nixon beat Hubert Humphrey for the presidency in November of 1968, just to give people some context of the level we're talking about here.
1: Right. And that's actually going through many, many different presidents, whether they're Republican or or Democrat. That's a lot of administrations (laughs) to go back for. Boy, let me think about that. That was something. I think that was the days of like Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin. So it's one of
0: the things that's interesting in looking over the jobless claim numbers. Uh, I saw a note that the Bureau of Labor Statistics is changing its methodology or maybe changing is not the right word, but reverting back to how they did things pre-pandemic. Talk about what that means and what's the difference between that and how they've looked at how they've calculated these numbers during the pandemic.
1: Well, during the pandemic, these numbers would be what I call smoothed out a little bit. It'd be like taking an average of more than four weeks and it would be taking out the highs and lows and getting some kind of middle ground. Right now, they're going back to reporting at least 389 metropolitan areas that they used to report before. And it actually shows better numbers than we thought 389 m- metropolitan areas, almost all of them show low unemployment. So, what happened pre? Pre-pandemic was a good way of doing it. We had to adjust. We weren't getting all the numbers. Not everybody was working in the office. So the companies, the municipalities, the cities weren't able to get all the information to the public on a timely basis. Right now, people are back. They're back in the office. Not 100%, as you and I have talked off the air about that. But now it's getting back to that point where there is some normalcy.
0: It's amazing to me that we've got jobs numbers, You know, low unemployment rate. Uh, a lot of really good stuff on the, the job front, but I'm already, I'm seeing people raise their alarms about the concerns about a recession down the road in 2023. I think Deutsche Bank was uh, one of the first ones. I've seen a couple other uh, writers talk about it, and it seems like there's concern, obviously, the uncertainty of the Russia-Ukraine war, but also uh, people seem really freaked out about what the Fed might do. Why are people ringing these
1: alarm bells? I think because they're hearing the footsteps of the Federal Reserve increasing rates, not a quarter percent, but a half a percent, not just coming up next month, but the next few times they raise that. They're getting more aggressive in their approach. What also fuels the fire is our GDP, gross domestic product, in the fourth quarter. It's 6.9%. That was the second revision. That's up from the third quarter of about 2.3%. So it's that demand that we had, that fueled demand. And the more people working, the more people are either going to save money, pay down debt, or spend money. When you have unemployment at 3.6% and you have low unemployment in some areas of the country as low as 1.7%, people are spending money. Companies want to hold on to workers and they're doing lots of things, Matt. As I think we mentioned a couple times throughout our podcast, um, they're giving incentives for people to stay and work. Well, with paychecks, what do people want to do? They've been inside for a long time in the year 20 and even 2021. They're ready to get out and spend and they've been doing that. That's fueling this inflation. And after a while, you you start to say, Well, I don't have as much money, and then the Fed tightens their belt, so to speak, and squeezes um the belt of money and that's where the recession starts. I'm not sure if we're going to head in that. A recession is two consecutive quarters of declining GDP. Let's see if we have that.
0: It is really amazing though. We work so hard to get everybody employed to get to to full employment. And immediately we're worried about, you know, and the fact that the labor market we have now, people are making more money. So there is more money out there. But then to your point, that fuels inflation and then prices and then they put the interest rates and we get into this circle. uh, It really kind of gives you appreciation of the difficulty of the Federal Reserve and what kind of their core values are trying to do.
1: Oh, absolutely. And they are an independent Arm, if you will, they're not really government, they're not one of the branches of government, they're very independent, and they do stay very independent, which I think makes a lot of people in in the House and Senate upset about that. Look, we we have we're gonna have some inflation because we're spending money. Uh wages are going up. I don't think it's going to be what we saw in the 1979, 1982, where we had inflation of double digits, interest rates of double digits. And then as a side note, you and I had talked about. Savings accounts. Well, they're starting to finally creep up a little bit, you know, instead of 0.1%, maybe they're paying 0.12 or high yield savings I saw are up 10 basis points from 0.4 to 0.5. So that gives people the ability to say, well, maybe I'll save a little bit more than spend. And that's when spending starts to stop. GDP starts to slow down. Uh, You may see that recession occur. I don't think it's going to be this year, though.
0: What are you seeing on the housing front these days?
1: Well, I took a look at a lot of building permits throughout the country, as well as our tri-state area, and the building permits are still, are still fueling the revenues of a lot of cities and a lot of towns. Uh, people are out there, uh, even though the pandemic is, is almost behind us, we can see it in our rear view mirror. People are still saying, well, I'm going to spend some money improving my home. I'm going to put in an in-law suite, maybe put in a pool, maybe put in exercise equipment, maybe put a fence up. Uh, landscaping, all these things. They're getting ready to spend even more money this year, I think, than they were the past two years. They didn't go on vacation. Some people take two or three vacations a year. Wow, how about that? (laughs) But instead of taking two or three, they're not taking any the past couple of years, and they've been trying to save that money. It's going into housing. Maybe not housing starts, but it's going into improvements into their home, which increases the assessed value of their home, too.
0: When are we going to do something you think about? We talk about housing and prices are going up. But we seem to have this a lack of afforda- real affordable housing for a lot of people. And you're talking about people getting in for the first time, getting that first house. Uh, that we that seems like untenable. It has to be addressed at some level eventually, right?
1: It does. And I've been to many meetings in various townships. Uh, sometimes they don't want to see me there because I speak up and say about affordable housing. And the developers uh, will say, well, we can't afford it. It's not profit, enough profit driven. I'm not sure about it, uh, but when you're building a house of $500,000, that's not affordable. Uh, maybe there needs to be some kind of other regulations or relaxation so that people can build townhomes and condos in the 200000 range, below 200000 Because I'm telling you, it's getting harder and harder for the younger sector, those getting out of college who have debt, college debt maybe, just starting out, they want to buy a car or lease a car. It's hard for them to get back on their feet to buy a home. Or, or something of that nature or buy a townhouse and they're not buying it until they're in their thirties. They're delaying everything. That's, that's tough.
0: What else are you keeping an eye on these days?
1: Well, I'm still continuing to look at tourism. Uh, the Jersey shore uh, is, is pumped up. They're ready. Their one issue is they may not have all the people they need for the amusement rides, for, for the hotels, the casinos, the restaurants and all that. They're the incentives from Wildwood to Atlantic City are amazing. What they're giving the people in terms of an hourly salary, as well as other signing bonuses and and things of that nature. So I want to. I hopefully by May you're going to see the shore doing very well from Atlantic City, even Long Beach down down to Cape May, let's say. Uh, and you're going to see people down there. They're going to still have to be patient. I do see a lot of hotel rooms are already being booked homes are being booked. I talked to some realtors in Ocean City. They're just about booked out for the summer. So that, that is a good sign, I think, because people didn't get the full bookings the last two years, Matt.
0: That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.